Before I get started today, I want to say this is going to be a really tough episode. It's, it's really tough. It's really full of a lot of things that are difficult to hear. So definitely don't want your children watch this. Hi everyone, today on Parenting News in the Culture War, we're going to talk about the National Education Association, which is the largest teachers union in the United States, and what they're pushing, what they're supporting. You'll really want to know that. Then we'll also talk about cameras in the classroom. Is that good? Is it bad? I have some thoughts on that, and I'd like to know what you think, so I'd like you to write in the comments below what you think about that. Also, I want to give you a warning about Jojo, and I don't know her last name. It's S-I-W-A. don't know how to pronounce that. Haven't heard of her before, but one of you parents brought her to my attention, and so I want to tell you a little bit about what I found out about her. And then there was a gay men's choir in San Francisco that pretty much put out there, we're coming for your children. They wrote a song about it, and they sang it, and uh, they also had some reaction to other people's reaction to it. We're going to talk about all about that. If you haven't seen this, you really need to watch that part. Um, then we'll also, of course, have Dimwits and Darlings and your YouTube comments. So that's all coming right up. So we're back and I'm so glad you're here today to share with me. I want to just say if you want to support me, one of the best ways you can do that is to subscribe, push the like button, uh, comment, share, anything you do to interact with this, this video or podcast if you're listening to it on the podcast, anything you do to interact with it does help me spread this message. And the more parents that know about what's going on, the better for you and the better for your children. So I hope you'll do those things. First, I wanted you to know that the National Education Association is promoting the critical race theory. They're supporting it. Uh, they're also supporting and promoting the LGBTQ agenda. I always have a hard time saying that. I always want to say alphabet people because it's so much easier. Um, and then they also support Black Lives Matter. And they're really picking and choosing which students they're going to support which ones they're going to prioritize. And they say that right on the National Education Association website. I just want to say, take your kids out of public school at this point. I, I know that that's a really broad statement because I, I know there are some schools that are, aren't, aren't bad yet or aren't quite into that yet. But they're going to be, and they, they probably are, and you don't realize it. The I'm going to read a little bit from the National Education Association's website. Um, the, the article I'm reading, right, part of it right now, is, is, is critical race theory taught in K through 12? The NEA says yes, and that it should be. Okay, so you've heard, if you've been listening to the news or anything, you've heard that the critical race theory isn't being taught in schools anyway. And they keep saying that. Well, the NEA says it is. So, and, and you think they'd know, right? They're the largest teachers union in the United States. So I'm going to read a little bit of excerpts uh, from this article. Um, and this comes from, this particular thing actually comes from Reason.com. But we'll get to the National Education Association website itself in a minute. Okay, so here it says, The National Education Association appears to have accepted the conservative framing of CRT, namely that it's not merely confined to academia, but is in fact also being taught in K through 12 schools. Now, okay, 
some of you, maybe you haven't watched any uh, some of my other videos, critical race theory is basically, just in a quick nutshell, um, teaching children that everything that happens in history and present time is basically all about race. Uh, the, the United States was founded because of race. Um, everything is looked through the lens of white people being oppressors, including white children, you're the oppressors, and black children or other Hispanics, Asians, whatever, those are all the oppressed. So they put children in categories right away and then they teach from that framework, basically. That's what critical race theory teaches from and that's in a nutshell. So the NEA thinks this is a good thing and that it should be defended. At its yearly annual meeting conducted virtually over the past few days, and this was like in June 6th, this was written, so this has been in the last short time period here. Um, the, at the annual meeting conducted virtually over the past few days, the NEA adopted new business item 39, which essentially calls for the organization to defend the teaching of critical race theory. In quotes, it's reasonable and appropriate for curriculum to be informed by academic frameworks for understanding and interpreting the impact of the past on current society, including critical race theory, says the item. And then later it says the NEA is, extreme, is an extremely powerful union and one that works on behalf of public employees, not students or their parents. Now this is something else that's interesting about the National Education Association. They aren't working for your children's education. They aren't working to, bet, to better their education. They're working for the teachers alone. In fact, listen to this. As former Reason staffer Corey DeAngelis has pointed out, the organization once voted down a motion that would have made, quote, this was in the motion, student learning the priority of the association. So the priority of the association is not student learning. That's not the priority of the National Education Association. That's a little disturbing if you think about it. Okay, so now I'm going to go to the National Education Association, web Association Ed Justice website itself. And this says, Black Lives Matter at School. Across race and place, educators, parents, and allies are coming together to ensure that every black student, listen to this, Every black student and educator can live, grow, and thrive with support, love, and joy. The goal of Black Lives Matter at school is to spark an ongoing movement of critical reflection and honest conversation and impact actions in school communities for people of all ages to engage with issues of racial, racial justice. Now, if you don't understand yet, I'm sure you do, but just for those who might not, Black Lives Matter is a radical fascist type organization. They, uh, they burn cities down, they are violent at times, um, and they are pretty much about white, saying whites are all white supremacists and are racist, and blacks are all oppressed. That's basically what they're saying. And of course, they're against the police and all that. So if you, I'm sure you probably know that, but I'm just filling in anybody who might not. Um, the next thing on their uh, website here I'm going to point out is supporting LGBTQ youth. Now this is, this is really important for you to understand. Whether you have a child who has a gender problem and you're trying to work that out, whether you have a black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever student 
going to school. Don't you think that the, the goal of the teachers should be to uplift all the students, prioritize the learning of all their students, but that's not what they're doing. Let me read this to you. Our LGBTQ students need us to prioritize equity and ensure our schools are places where all students are protected and empowered. Now, in the end, that's not what it is. Let me, let me show you what I mean. Uh, first of all, they're pointing out those students and saying we need to prioritize them. They're saying equity, but that's not what they mean. And I'll show you later here in just a minute. Everything they think about is race and the LGBTQ agendas. That's, that is like the priority in everything they write, and I'll show you here. Here, NEA President Becky Pringle and Human Rights Campaign President Alfonso Di David dive into critical issues facing LGBTQ youth. Now, do you know anything about these people yet? I don't. I don't know anything about them when I'm reading this at first. Okay, now I'll go on. Including discussions about how schools can become places where we protect and empower our LGBTQ youth students. So, in other words, there again, let's focus on those students, prioritize them, and make sure that we empower and protect them, not all students, just, just them, and how we can ensure that the new administration will prioritize equity and inclusion in our schools. So we're going to make sure that we point these students out and make sure they have a special treatment above all others. Not that we're going to make sure everyone's equal anyway. Everyone's treated well anyway. It's just these students we're going to make sure are. And if that makes any of the other students uncomfortable or, or have a problem, eh, it doesn't matter because we're prioritizing these students. Listen to the rest of this. And find out how these black leaders, okay, I didn't know Becky Pringle was black. I didn't know Alfonso David was black until they pointed out here. Why are they pointing it out? What difference does it make whether they're black, white, or purple? Why do you have to point out what race they are? <laughs> there was no reason for that, other than they see everything through the, the eyes of race. That's what they do. And something else that is really important to know is what this says here last year in June. On June 15, 2020, the United States Supreme Court announced that LGBTQ employees, including LGBTQ educators, listen to this, very important, are protected under federal law from discrimination at work based on sexual orientation or gender identity. So what does that mean? What that means is you could send your child to school and they could have a man up front teaching, dressed as a woman with makeup and high heels and the whole thing. And that's going to be okay. That, that's what that means because they're, they're protected under federal law from discrimination at work based on gender identity. So they can dress any way they want and basically behave any way they want because they're, they may have a gender identity problem. So. Yeah, that's fine to be in front of your kids. And this is on the NEA website, so they're all for this, of course. Then uh, another part says, in response to COVID-19, now listen to this. In response to COVID-19, a checklist to support LGBTQ students during distance learning. Well, what about all the other students? Do you have a checklist for all the other students? Or is it just for the LGBTQ students that you have this special checklist? My point is, 
why did they choose these students and say we're going to prioritize them, we're going to make special accommodations for them, we're even going to write an article about how you can specially support them during COVID-19 because it's all about race and it's all about LGBTQ. That's, that's why. Everything, that's the priority here. It's not reading, writing, and arithmetic. It's not making sure that the students learn what they need to learn. It's making sure that this agenda is pushed in, in every aspect of school. This is from the National Education Association edjustice.org. Okay? Five things educators are doing to support LGBTQ rights. In Virginia, the NEA president, Lily Eskelson Garcia, recently participated in a celebration of transgender students during a kindergarten class taught by NEA educator Jane Foster in Arlington, Virginia. She joined Sarah McBride, a spokeswoman for the Human Rights Campaign. The Human Rights Campaign, that's a radical left organization, in reading a children's picture book about a transgender girl. This was to kindergartners, and the National Education Association is totally fine with that. In fact, they are putting it on the website as if it's awesome. Okay, Number two, help to shape LGBTQ inclusive curriculum and textbooks. With the passage of the California Fair Education Act in 2011, educators laid the groundwork for an LGBTQ inclusive curriculum in the state. Okay, this is in California, of course, but don't think it's not coming to where you are. In the summer of 2017, NEA members who advocated for the passage of this act, FAIR it's called, were among a select group of committee members who reviewed and decided whether publishers made the grade for LGBTQ inclusive content in their textbooks. So in other words, they went through the textbooks and made sure they have plenty of LGBTQ agenda pushing um, things within the curriculum. And if they didn't, they didn't approve of it. Okay, this is the National Education Association's policies. California was the first state to mandate that students be taught about the contributions of LGBTQ people in social science classes. Why do they need that? If someone contributed something to science, why does it need to be pointed out that that person has some kind of sexual issue? Or how they... Are, re, relate to other people sexually. Why, does that, why is that necessary? All the student needs to know is the science that was brought about. That's all they need to know. But they have to push this agenda in every way. You can see I'm getting a little passionate about it because I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Leave the kids alone, right? In Arizona, educators mobilized in support of the repeal of a 28-year-old law that prohibited discussing sexuality during HIV AIDS instruction in public schools. So in other words, they need to teach details about sex generally to children in school. They don't need to do that. That's not necessary, nor should it be a priority, nor should it be taking time out of school. If they wanna teach biology, that's fine, teach biology. Not sexual orientation, not sexual deviancies, not, not, none of that needs to be taught to children. They don't need to know that, and it's not necessary, nor is it good for them to learn that. Biology, yes. Anatomy, how the body works, that's fine. 
The rest of it isn't right. Number four, backing legislation that supports LGBT students. This is another uh, step they've taken. In Northern Virginia, four school districts declared their support in March 2019 for transgender students' rights by filing an amicus, or friend of the court, brief in a case involving a transgender teen who sued his school district after he was barred, which would be she was barred, from using the boys' restroom. So you see where this is leading. What this is leading to by doing all these LGBTQ rights things is leading to the idea that a boy can go into a girl's restroom or locker room, disrobe, show the whole self to another student, or vice versa. A, a boy can go into girls, girls can go into boys, uh, restrooms and locker rooms. That's what this is leading to. That's what, that's what this is about. The four districts argued in court papers that they believe they must embrace the thousands of students in Virginia public schools who identify as transgender. Again, it's all about them. Who cares if that bothers all the rest of the students, right? Who cares if girls do not like a boy coming into their locker room while they're changing, taking off his clothes, and saying he's a girl? That doesn't, the rest of the students don't matter. The priority is on those students who have gender issues and who, if, if there's a racial issue, then the priority is on anyone but white, anyone but who's white. It should be the priority is on all the students being safe and comfortable. And if they have a problem, for instance, if they believe they're a girl and they're a boy, or if they believe they're a boy but they're a girl, then they have a problem <laughs> and they need to be helped out of that problem, not put in a situation where they're making everyone else uncomfortable and where they're being coddled in something that's wrong and being, being encouraged in something that isn't true. They need to be told the truth and helped into the truth in their life, right? But no, not the National Education Association does not, they aren't about biology. They're about how somebody feels and that's all that they're about. And well, actually that's not true. They're about how those people feel who have the, have the gender issue. They're about their feelings. They're really not about anybody else's feelings. Nobody else's feelings matter, obviously. Five, supporting school naming initiatives that honor legacies of LGBTQ activists and leaders. So in other words, they want to make sure that if someone did something great or good and they happen to have a gender issue or a sexual orientation issue or whatever, they have to point that out. They can't just say somebody did something good and here's what they did that was good. They have to point out if they have any of those issues. Why? That's not necessary. The National Education Association, you're a nope. I'm just saying people, you need to take your children out of school. If they're in a public school now, it's time to start pulling them out and putting them somewhere else. I didn't used to say that, even if you read my book. <laughs> I didn't used to say that. I used to say just be involved as much as you can and and, and all that. But I'm saying right now, the priority needs to be to get them out of there. It's gotten too, it's gone too far. And I just, I just want to advocate for doing that. Homeschooling is an option. Online schooling is an option. But if you do that, you really need to have them involved in a lot of other things with other kids. Um, and private school is an option. Okay. Private Broco schools or whatever, those are another option. So I want to really suggest that you try to you think about that. I looked up some of the things that used to be taught in school. Now, we've been talking about some of the things that they're pushing in the schools now, right? 
I wanted you to listen to a little bit of the McGuffey Reader. Okay, McGuffey Readers are what used to be in school. And, and listen to this. What They used to read this in school. Some of them would have to write things out from the McGuffey Readers to learn how to write and how to spell and all that. Listen to this. When you rise in the morning, remember who kept you from danger during the night. Remember who watched over you while you slept and whose sun shines around you and gives you the sweet light of day. Let God have the thanks in your heart for his kindness and his care and pray for his protection during the wakeful hours of the day. Remember that God made all creatures to be happy and will do nothing that may prevent their being so without good reason for it. When you're at the table, do not eat in a greedy manner like a pig. Eat quietly and do not reach forth your hand for the food, but ask someone to help you. Do not become peevish and pout because you do not get a part of everything. Be satisfied with what is given you. <laughs> so far, that's like completely opposite of what is taught now. Avoid a pouting face, angry looks, and angry words. Oh my goodness. I'm so happy to... I wish they taught this in school now. Do not slam doors, go quietly up and down stairs, and never make a loud noise about the house. Be kind and gentle, gentle in your manners. Not like the howling winter storm, but like the bright summer morning. Even when they're saying things, it's still uplifting, isn't it? It's still like, uh, don't do this, but here's something good to do. I think that's great. And wouldn't that make you feel happier in school, if that's what you were learning and seeing all the time? Do always as your parents bid you. Obey them with a ready mind and with a pleasant face. <laughs> Never do anything that you would be afraid or ashamed that your parents should know. Remember, if no one else sees you, God does, from whom you cannot hide even your most secret thoughts. At night before you go to sleep, think whether you've done anything that was wrong during the day and pray to God to forgive you. If anyone has done you wrong, forgive him in your heart. If you have not learned something useful or been in some way useful during that day, think that it is a lost, a day lost, and be very sorry for it. Trust in the Lord and he will guide you in the way of good men. The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. We must do all the good we can to all men, for this is well-pleasing in the sight of God. He delights to see his children walk in love and do good one to another. Now, think about if those were the messages that were going into the, the heads of the children throughout the day versus what's going on now, which is you are a victim if you are uh, any other race other than white, and if you are white, you are an oppressor. That is one of the messages going out, um, that you need social justice for everything, and um, that and these perversions about gender and sexual orientation going on and be, that being pushed at the children too. What a different world we are in than used to be. And you can see it by the depression and the self-harming and the suicide rates among children at this time because they're not getting these kind of messages anymore, are they? Okay, so about cameras in the classroom. There's been this thing going on talking about, if you, if you listen to the Daily Wire, which I do, they've been talking about cameras in the classroom. Matt Walsh, who's my favorite podcaster, uh, has been talking about that. I kind of disagree with him. I don't often disagree with Matt Walsh, but I do disagree with him a little bit, and that's because I talked to my daughter, and she brought something to mind, and I thought, this is true. 
he was talking about how having cameras in the classroom should be all the time, and that part I agree with. He mentioned that having cameras at the dog park, for instance, we are careful with our pets and we want to make sure we can see what's going on with them at any time. So a lot of these places will have cameras that you can tune in and see what your dog's doing or whatever and that your dog's happy and so on. Uh, we do have them in airports and stores and banks. Bank tellers are watched every second of what they're doing because money's important, right? And they want to know what the teller is doing at all moments. And the argument is, aren't our children important enough for that? Aren't they more important than our pets? or our money? Well, yeah, I think they are. And I, I agree with that sentiment for sure. I also agree with having cameras in the classroom at all times that both have video and audio going on. I totally agree with that part. The part I don't agree with is live streaming that to the parents, that the parents would have a code or some way that the, only the parents could get in and see what's going on in the classroom at any time. It's not because I don't want them to be able to see what's going on in the classroom at any time, but because the security for that would just be impossible. If a parent can live stream something or see a live stream, they can also record a live stream. They can also take that video and put it anywhere. And if they would have a code, lots of other people would have access to the code, even if they don't want them to, even if they just want the parents to have access to the code. Uh, blurring out students' faces that's not going to be possible, obviously, especially in live stream. And only focusing on the teacher the whole time. Are you going to have someone manually doing that the whole time? Moving the camera around so it only focuses on the teacher? That's not possible either. So a better solution, I think, is definitely, I think, having them in the classrooms, in the hallways, and so on, yes. I don't think in the teacher's lounge. The teachers need to be able to go and have a, a private time and relax and whatever. But when they're in front of the students, they are employed by the parents and the taxpayers and you know the school and the, and the government. So to monitor what they're doing and saying in front of the children is important and I think it should be done. But a way to do it so that it's secure is that if a parent wants to see any time, a day, any day that they've ever had their student in the class, they should be able to go into the office, fill out a form, and see it at that moment at any time they want to, any day they want to. They should also be able to, at any time, walk into the classroom and sit in the back. Any day they want to walk in and do that, they should be totally have access to that if they are a parent of one of the students that's in that class. Uh, as long as they aren't disrupting the class, they're just sitting in the back, they should have every opportunity to do that at any time that they want to um, because there should be nothing that's going on in the classroom that the parents would not be okay with seeing or, or the teachers would not be okay with the parents seeing. The other problem with the live stream too is that let's say I have a, a child who has some behavioral problems okay and the teacher has to discipline my child. I don't really want all of the parents to see my child getting in trouble over and over again and be a little bit, that would be embarrassing and difficult for me as a parent. So I think that would also, it would also be sad for the child to have that recorded and put out on the internet all the time. You know, I don't think that that's, that's a wise thing to do. But definitely cameras in the classroom and on the teachers at all times, I am all for that. So uh, I advocate for that. I just don't advocate for a live stream. Uh, that's, that's not a good idea. So that's 
a little bit of disagreement with Matt Walsh, generally agreeing with the idea of it though. Now I'm going to go to, I uh, had a, a one of the parents that watches my material got a hold of me and told me about Jojo. Now let me see if I can get her uh, message to me here. I'm not going to say her name because she didn't give her name out publicly, so I'm not going to give her name <laughs> out publicly. But here's what she said. Thank you for your cultural segments you've been putting out there lately. Would you consider doing one on Jojo Suya? Her merchandise is being targeted at children at least as young as kindergarten. And I think it's younger than that, actually. I The reason I thought of it, I was at Walmart this morning, and over the loudspeaker comes this perky voice. Hi, this is Jojo. Thanks for the support of my family and fans. I've been able to make my journey. Love is love. She says, I walked faster trying to block out the sound. They are literally trying to indoctrinate our kids about homosexuality in Walmart with loudspeakers. Uh, then she sent me a couple of things about her, and I went ahead and looked up this person. I've never heard of her, Jojo. I've never heard of her. She also said she's noticed a couple of families at church carrying around her merchandise. And she she thinks, she doesn't think these parents even know who this person is and that they're actually promoting, she's actually promoting homosexuality to children. She doesn't know that. So what I did was I looked up JoJo, okay? And here's a picture of her. Here's the headlines. JoJo, and I'm not ever going to say her last name because I don't know how to say it. Jojo packs the PDA on the PDA with girlfriend Kylie Prue at Disney World. So she, in other words, she's doing public displays of affection with her girlfriend at Disney World. Jojo celebrates six months with her girlfriend Kylie Prue. I will forever love you. Those, that was the headline at, at on Seventeen magazine. Uh, I'm guessing she will not forever love her. We'll see that come up uh, in the next year or so. I'm sure. I wish I had an LGBTQ role model like Jojo growing up. That was another headline. Jojo shares photos with girlfriend. A Jojo card game for kids was pulled after parents criticized inappropriate questions about kissing, being naked, twerking, and stealing. So, I want to show you this video um, so you can kind of see a little bit about what she looks like. You can kind of see how the girls are kind of going crazy for her. So, look at this. who think she's awesome and are wonderful and I'm wondering how many of those girls parents recognize what she's actually pushing in her public life 
and what she's what messages she's pushing to the children. I know I had two girls, I had seven boys and two girls. Um, I never really liked the idea of my girls getting overly frilly, overly sparkly, or anything like that. A little bit of, you know, sparkly, a little bit here and there is okay. But when you get to that point where it just sparkles all over and everything, I never I never really thought that was that was a good look or a good idea. But obviously little girls really go for that. They think that's really cool and they like that. So she has really promoted herself in that way. And I know this had a lot to do with her parents and because she I think she was really little when she started all this. Like I said, I didn't ever know who she was, never heard of her before until this parent brought her to my attention. But obviously, she's not someone who I would want my children to be following. And so if you didn't know about this before, you might pay attention to that. So Jojo is a nope. Speaking of messages to children and how they're pushing the agenda in subtle ways, ways that parents don't understand or know, I want you to watch this. It's a creepy, creepy video from a gay men's choir in San Francisco. You're going to be shocked if you haven't seen it yet. Go ahead and watch. You think we're sinful. You fight against our rights. You say we all lead lives you can't respect. But you're just frightened. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked. Funny, just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. You can keep them from disco, warn about San Francisco. Make him wear pleated pants, we don't care. We'll convert your children. We'll make them tolerant and fair. I'm not showing the whole video. Actually, the video was taken down within, I don't know, it was like a day or two. It wasn't up very long. I know because there was a huge backlash. Um, this choir got all kinds of backlash. You can imagine, of course. This person who's singing is dripping with kind of anger, sarcasm, and all, and basically putting down parents. I want to read you some of the words uh, that it was. You think we're sinful. You fight against our rights. You say we all lead lives you can't respect, but you're just frightened. You think that will corrupt your kids. If our agenda goes unchecked, fine. Just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. Well, we're noticing it now. I think barely was maybe 10 years ago, maybe 15 or 20 years ago, but now it's not subtly anymore. It's on Blue's Clues. It's on all over Nickelodeon. It's in the schools. It's in, in the National Education Association, I just explained to you. It's, uh, and you're singing about it. So clearly uh, it's not subtle. 
anymore. For people who aren't paying attention, it might be. Here's some more of it. You can keep from disco, warn about San Francisco, make them wear pleated pants, we don't care. We'll convert your children. We'll make them tolerant and fair. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> that One of their answers to this was, well, this was just tongue in cheek. That we were just being silly. First, do you think that's funny? Does anyone watching this think that's funny? There wasn't anything funny about that. There wasn't anything silly about that. It wasn't comedic. It was serious and dripping with anger. That's what it was. Angry at people not agreeing with what you're doing. That's what it was. What they're doing. Then. So we're coming for them. We're coming for your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all. There's really no escaping it because even grandma likes RuPaul. I didn't know who RuPaul was. I had to look that up. That's a drag queen guy. That's who that is. The world is getting kinder. Gen Z is gayer than grinder. We're coming for them. The gay agenda is coming home. The gay agenda is here. At first, I didn't understand why you'd be so scared of us turning your children into accepting, caring people. Chides a second singer. But I see now why you'd have a problem with that. Just like you're worried they'll change their group of friends, you won't approve of where they go at night, sings the first. Oh, and you'll be disgusted when they start finding things online that you've kept far from their sight. We'll convert your children. Someone's got to teach them not to hate. So which is the part that's funny? It isn't, it isn't funny and it isn't tongue-in-cheek at all. It's actually true, and they're doing it and acting like it's just silly. And I, I wonder to myself, what did they think they were going to accomplish by doing this? Did they really think parents were going to go, oh, we've been so silly. Oh, my goodness. They're, you know, obviously they're not trying to convert our children. Is that what they thought the parents were going to do? When you say you're coming for our children and you're going to teach them something that is, is okay, that we think is not okay, and you're going to try to teach them that the gay agenda is good and we don't want them to be taught that, and you're going to make a song about it, how do you think that's funny? How do you think parents are going to react to that? <laughs> not well. But I'm just saying... If you think that, that this was tongue-in-cheek and silly, it wasn't. It was full of anger. And when I look at all of those men singing this together, I think, was there no thought by any of these men that this is inappropriate to say this? That shows how perverted and off these people are. Okay, I'm not saying that everyone who has an agenda or not that, a lifestyle that's different than what I agree with is crazy and perverted and whatever. Sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. But these guys are because this is inappropriate in every way and how any of them could think this was okay <laughs> or, or funny or tongue-in-cheek. There, there's something wrong with them for them to think that. Absolutely something wrong with them. This is absolutely disgusting and wrong. And you know what? You did not uh, advance your cause at all 
to be so open <laughs> about what you're doing. But thank you for doing that because if this doesn't convince parents that they need to really watch out for where, where their children are going, what they're seeing, who they're hanging out with, and definitely what they're being taught in school and elsewhere, you just did it. You helped them see. So Gay Men's Choir, thanks for that because you just did that really well. All right, so next it's Dimwits and Darlings. Our Dimwit for today, Dimwit parent, is Lauren Rowello, and she is uh, author at the Washington Post, and here is what she wrote. I'm going to put her picture up here first. This is a picture of her, and you can see here there's also her child with a bunch of kinks at the Pride March. I'm going to be reading from Op India. I'm not sure if that's the way to pronounce it, optindia.com. I'm going to read a little bit of the article here. The Washington Post author supports inclusion of kinks in pride marches, celebrates taking her minor children to pride rallies attended by kinksters in gay bondages. This is a dimwit parent if I've ever, ever seen one. In an article published recently in the Washington Post, Arthur Lauren Rowella, author <laughs> Lauren Rowella, battled in favor of keeping the kink community in Pride Month rallies. She also argued in favor of exposing children to various acts performed by kinks in Pride rallies, apparently to help children learn about the scope and vitality of queer life. Lauren Rowella is a writer and activist who describes herself as a former sex worker in her Twitter bio. The gender-vague author's preferred pronoun is they, although this report will use the she pronoun for the sake of simplicity. Okay, how about you just use it for because it's true. <laughs> She's a woman, you're going to use she. You just use it for that reason. As Pride Month draws to a close, Arthur Lauren Rowella defended in her article the inclusion of kink in Pride. To drive her point home, she proudly cites one of the instances when she took her children to attend a Pride rally. This is amazingly awful. Listen to this. The author says her elementary schooler curiously pointed in the direction of a bare-chested bare men showcasing gay bondage and was inclusive about what they were doing when one of the partners playfully spanked the other with a vlog. She also took her other child, a toddler, along with her to attend the pride rally. Her children should be taken away from her. Seriously. That's just so inappropriate. When our children grew tired of marching, we plopped onto a nearby curb. Just as we got settled, our elementary schooler pointed in the direction of oncoming floats, raising an eyebrow at a bare-chested man in dark sunglasses whose black suspenders clipped into a leather thong. The man paused to be spanked playfully by a partner with a flog. What are they doing? My curious kid asked as our toddler cheered them on. The pair was the first of a few dozen kinksters who danced down the street, laughing together as they twirled their whips and batons, some leading companions by leashes. At the time, my children were too young to understand the nuance of the situation. But I told them the truth, that these folks were members of our community celebrating who they are and what they like to do. 
I'm not even going to go into the rest of it because that's enough to know. This woman is a complete dimwit parent. I, I, it's disgusting, and I'm really sorry uh, for her children because they are going to be completely messed up. I'm just so sorry about that. Like I said at the beginning of this, this is a tough episode because even my darling parent, who is darling, is in a situation that you have to think of all this, this sadness because she's in this, she's in a spa in San Francisco. And the reason she's a darling is because she stood up and said no to this. She just gave it to them and good for her. This spa is an agreement with men that just say they are a woman and they can go down there with their penis and get into the women's section. Is that what you're saying? What, what, really? What law? What law? So women can go into the men's with their breasts. Okay. Yeah, you shouldn't. Y'all wouldn't come back either. Yeah, get your money back. You got a man with his penis talking about he's a woman. He ain't no woman. Uh-uh. Yeah, give her her money back. There's no such thing as transgender. He has a dick. Okay? He has a penis. He has penis is hanging out. Okay, no, I'm not one. Actually, I'm a woman who knows how to stand up and speak up for my right. As a woman, I have a right to feel comfortable without a man exposing himself, okay? No, you go somewhere else. Okay, so that's right. No, he's not a transgender. He has a penis, just like you do. So I'm sorry, there was a little bit of graphic um, uh, explanation going on there, but this woman, good for her. But, you know, she's in a spa in San Francisco, taking her daughter. God, what do you expect? Come on. You need to move out of that city. Seriously. Just, just move out. Take your daughter with you. <laughs> but I have to say she's a darling parent. I don't know her name, but she is definitely a darling parent. And again, I have to just stamp the video because I don't see her face, but good for her. Okay, so now we're going to get to the YouTube comments uh, from the last episode. If you have a comment, please write it below. If you have anybody that you want me to feature on here, a darling parent especially, because those are hard to find. Like this one lady gave me the information about JoJo, who's a no-no now. You know, send that my way. I'd really like to see that. So the comments from last time. My husband and I noticed both our boys have really good behavior lately. We were discussing why that might be, and I mentioned I had been going to, into their room while they're playing and just sitting there watching them play. They seemed to love me being in there. They would show me their Lego creations, and I would comment. I think that eye-to-eye -eye contact thing is so fantastic. I mentioned the eye-to-eye -eye time in one of my cultural videos, and so she's been doing it, and it's working out well, so good for her. Ah, okay, this one... <laughs> this one. You could apply the mass hysteria. This was my last video um, on mass hysteria. You could apply the mass hysteria definition to the people who believe in system, systemic racism also. Many people believe they are suffering from others keeping them down when this simply isn't true. Absolutely true. That's absolutely true, Sarah. Sarah wrote this. I love that Matt Walsh endorsed you. LOL. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. <laughs> And if you don't know what that means, you need to look at the last video. Okay, this comment is from someone named Felicia Sparkman, and that name sounds familiar to me, but I can't figure out who she is. Maybe she was one of my dimwit parents. 
I don't know. I find it funny you will degrade my education in your comments, but not in your videos. I don't know who you are, so I'm not sure um, what I did. So I don't know what you're talking about. I guess even some people have boundaries. Don't feel sorry for my child. I must have said I felt sorry for her child. I don't know. They will be taught to keep an open mind and not care what another person does as long as it is harmless. Taking things out of context is something you are good at. I have no idea. No idea. If, if, if you are Felicia and you want to uh, clarify your comments, I'd be glad to comment back, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, this one, living with cancer. I'm sorry. That's the name of the person, their name. I'm sorry you're living with cancer. That's sad. Um, but you obviously have a good attitude about it, so good for you. You are right. Sadly, most of the world don't see it that way. Thank you for your information that you put out for us. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Thank you for the comment, Living with Cancer. If you all want to comment, I'd love to be able to read your comments and answer your questions, so please do that below. Also, I want to remind you about my book, How to Train Your Child to Behave, The Ultimate Guide to Transforming Your Child's Behavior. It's available on Amazon. I'll put the link below. Please remember to comment and subscribe, and I'll see you next time.